0: Good evening, it is 5pm and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 11.9 FM, broadcasting from Lower Carothers Hall on Queen's campus in Kingston, Ontario. Today in YGK is brought to you by CFRC's news collective, Christina Laurie, Dinah Jansen, Erica Singh, Zeta Vergara, Chloe Paris, and Danielle Draper. CFRC's news programming is made possible by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. I'm CFRC's broadcast journalist and here are your local news headlines. A group of nurse practitioners and allied healthcare professionals are advocating to open a nurse practitioner-led clinic in Kingston. In May of 2023, the Ontario government put out an expression of interest for new healthcare centers. Nurse practitioner Marianne Green responded with a proposal to open a hybrid nurse practitioner-led clinic in Kingston, hoping to utilize nurse practitioners and other healthcare professionals to help address the primary care crisis in Kingston. Despite originally expecting a response in the fall of 2023, applicants have yet to receive word from the Ontario government regarding their submissions. Nurses for Kingston, the group spearheading this project under the direction of Marianne Green and Catherine Hayhoe, have begun a campaign to raise awareness in Kingston. The group has created a petition to send to the government, which they plan to present in the coming weeks. To talk more about this project and their ongoing campaign, I sat down with Marianne Green. Here's what she had to say start us off I was wondering if you'd like to introduce yourself and give us a bit of background on Nurses
1: of Kingston. Sure, Uh, so my name is Marianne Green. I am a nurse practitioner. I uh, embarked on this project to look into opening a nurse practitioner health centre in Kingston, Ontario uh, back in May of 2023. The uh, government put out an expression of interest for new health centres. Kingston has been in a crisis for a long time, um, I find it really difficult to manage patients' care knowing that they don't have any other resources. I do work in eMERGE and then within the hospital as well in orthopedics and it can be very challenging sending a patient out from the hospital setting knowing that they don't have anywhere else to go if uh, if they need reassessments, if they need Uh, stitches or staples taken out, um, if they have concerns of infection, if they need refills on their medications. It's very challenging to, uh, to manage a patient when they don't have anyone except for the hospital staff and it's not appropriate to expect the hospital to look after the entire population. So, I'm um, looking at all the different aspects of care that nurse practitioners are capable of providing, looking at how nurse practitioners are implementing care in other cities, in other regions, in other provinces, and even other countries, I put together a proposal um, to, to the provincial government that would look at implementing a new nurse practitioner-led health centre here in Kingston. It's no secret that uh, there's a lack of family physicians or physicians in general in this area and that is primarily why we are struggling so much as a region to manage people's primary healthcare needs. Um, So if we shift our focus to the nurse practitioner population, I believe strongly that we can reliably start to close those gaps in healthcare and start to be able to provide those basic primary healthcare needs to the general public easing the burden on our local hospitals.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And you mentioned the main goal of this whole project here the nurse practitioner-led hybrid clinic. Yep. The first in Ontario this would be. It would be, yes. Awesome. And I was wondering if you could describe a bit of your vision for this clinic, uh, what kind of services it would provide, um, and what it would supplement for what we're missing in the community right now.
1: Yeah. So, again, so looking at the needs of the community, um, certainly people need primary health care providers. Mm-hmm. This project would be the new hybrid clinic, and I proposed a hybrid clinic so that we can register a certain number of patients so in general the expectations are about 800 persons per nurse practitioner Um, and that's going to reach so with the proposal i have put forward five baseline nurse practitioners Mm -hmm. so we're looking at somewhere around um people that we would be registering to the primary care clinic so that would have Mm -hmm. a primary care provider, primary care nurse practitioner that they would see regularly similar to the family physician models. So that only looks after about 4,000 people and uh, there are a minimum of 40,000 people in Kingston without a primary care provider. Mm -hmm. So when we look at those health needs and what we can do for people um, within the proposed model if we open up that urgent care center, we can substantially increase the number of patients that we are able to provide care for that aren't registered to the clinic. So giving kin- Kingstonians another option for healthcare services that isn't the emergency department.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely, and are there any examples outside of Ontario or within Ontario that are similar?
1: So the uh, there are, 25 nurse practitioner-led clinics in Ontario alone. Um, those are your primary healthcare centres, so they register patients to a nurse practitioner, just like I've put forward in the model. It is highly successful in many other regions. I believe the closest one to us is in Belleville. I believe there's another one in Peterborough, and so on and so forth, um, Kingston, has been lacking in this area for a while. I do think we need the public's voice and opinion to say that this is something we want if Mm -hmm. this is gonna happen in Kingston.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I was wondering if there was a space in mind for this project.
1: Yep, uh, the medical campus just off of Innovation Drive.
0: And I'm sure your timeline is dependent on when you hear back from the government on that funding. Um, Do you know approximately how much funding you're asking for, how much they will be willing to provide?
1: So with the uh, initial proposal from uh, May 2023, there's no specific limit on those funds. There was another funding proposal in in the summer that we... uh, we applied for that one as well, and that one was specific for $2 million. so we have applied with both. I am not clear if the $2 million is for the whole project or if it would just be um, for what we asked for, which is largely to build the site and then provide uh, provide the means for nurse practitioners and nurses to be funded, paid for their services.
0: Green also got into the creation of the group Nurses
1: for Kingston. Um, I am well connected with many different healthcare professionals within the region. Um, it was a friend of mine within the nurse practitioner population who uh, who sent me the template for the expression of interest back in the spring. Um, he was aware that I was interested, I have been interested for a while in opening a local nurse practitioner center and, uh, That was the suggestion say okay there's an opportunity here so I decided to go forward with that opportunity and start to take steps to uh, to build this center to get that nurse practitioner project going as the project has formed as I have drawn up the template and reached out to local partners. Um, There is an abundance of nurse practitioners who are interested in helping out with this center, who would be interested in helping to run this center. Um, We are well connected with the nursing force in Kingston as well, who are also interested in providing support. Um, and then from my physician colleagues as well, I have a lot of support from them, um, largely, as I mentioned, I have worked in the emergency department. They really do need that burden eased off of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna mention, cause I mean, those concerning polls just came out, um, QB announced them on Thursday, I believe. I'm saying that a lot of folks are really struggling mentally mm-hmm. and physically with the workload in the hospitals. I was wondering if you could speak of it to that and the burden that this could uh, relieve for staff and hospitals.
1: So the burnout in the hospitals is very real, um, as we have talked about the uh, influx of patients into the hospital system as a reliable source for healthcare needs um, just keeps climbing. And year by year we see a reduced number of community resources for health related needs for patients um, and this drives people more and more into the hospitals. So. Those that I'm working with, those that I know, those that are doing what they can to provide care for the community um, are working extremely hard. They are often picking up overtime hours, they are often missing their lunch breaks, Um, they are responding to calls while they are at home with their families and going into the hospital to provide those care needs to the general population. It is really remarkable what everyone is doing to be able to look after the general public. I do think that we need a better solution because I am concerned about the burnout rate with uh, healthcare professionals right now. Finally, Green shared how you can support Nurses for Kingston and their ongoing campaign. The provincial government advised that persons who had put forth an expression of interest would hear back in the fall of 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand that... That has not happened, uh, not for just myself, but for anyone else putting Mm -hmm. forth proposals that uh, we have not heard back from the provincial government yet. So as we were coming to a close in that fall season, I made a decision, or myself with my team, made a decision to start the campaign to raise awareness in Kingston, uh, to put some pressure on the provincial government to respond. We have the petition going on the Nurses for Kingston website um, you click on the register your support. So that petition we are going to send out to the provincial government um, probably within the next two weeks. We will continue with the petition in the meantime up until mm-hmm. we have a response from the government. So please, if... We encourage everyone to register your support, sign the petition. Uh, We do need Kingston's voice to get this going. Mm -hmm. So we have hit Mm -hmm. first 1,000 persons um, target. Mm -hmm. So we are going to take the numbers that we have, push it forward. Um, It is possible that the government can respond at any time. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that we are continuing with the momentum that we have and putting pressure on as we know it because they can respond at any point in time and then continue up until we have a response from the government. In a
0: message from the city of Kingston, protect your collector, follow these winter waste set-out guidelines. Snowbanks and winter weather make collecting household waste more challenging for collectors. This winter, help protect your collector from injury by placing your garbage recycling boxes and green bins where they can be clearly seen and safely collected. Follow these guidelines for setting out your waste and take two minutes to watch the city's winter waste placement video. Keep a path from the road to your collectibles clear of snow and ice. Choose a safe and visible ground level location at the end of your driveway or walkway. Place the collectibles on the right side, as you face the street, or on the boulevard closest to the curb. Avoid using white garbage bags for visibility purposes. When there are large snowbanks, please shovel a ground level shelf in the street side of the snowbank for your collectibles. Never place them on top of snowbanks where they can be difficult and hazardous to collect. In a message from South Frontenac Township, there will be snow much fun on Saturday, January 20th, when South Frontenac Township's Snow Social takes over the village of Syndam just 20 minutes north of Kingston. This free family festival is in its second year and is taking place from 11am to 4pm throughout the village. The festival features a lineup of musical acts playing at both indoor and outdoor venues, including Bon Evans, Andrew Van Horn of the Celtic Kitchen Party, and Chris Murphy and Jess Wedden on the outdoor stage under the Big Ten, and Evan Jackson, Whiskey in Towns, indoors in the historic Sydenham Legion Hall. For kids and young families, there will be horse-drawn wagon rides through the village, snow tubing, face painting, storytelling, and a special Comedy Magic Show at Sydenham Library. Lowborough Public School will be the site of a vendor and craft fair, and the Point Park will feature various food vendors on site. New this year are activities organized by the Kingston Forest and Nature School. Events backed by popular demand include a guided bird walk, Indigenous teachings around the fire, and the Elements Fitness and Wellness Obstacle Course. Snow Social is made possible by local businesses who sponsor the event, service clubs and agencies that have partnered with the township to provide programming, and volunteers. While the festival is free, donations will be accepted. There is free parking at Sydenham High School and Lobo Public School and limited parking at The Point Park and Sydenham Library. Families are asked to dress warm and not to park on village streets for safety reasons and to allow room for wagon rides. More activities are being added. To see a full list of events, visit southfrontnecknet slash snowsocial. In a message from the Kingston Frontnack Public Library, combat isolation, foster friendships at Talking Cafe. Discover the Warmth of Community Connection at Talking Cafe, a collaborative initiative by Compassionate Communities Kingston and KFPL. Designed to combat social isolation and enhance mental health through friendship building, this program invites adults and seniors to enjoy lighthearted, casual conversations guided by a facilitator. Jake Miller, librarian, states, quote, Compassionate Communities and KFPL recognize the importance of creating and maintaining friendships in adult life, a truth confirmed by the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. Talking Cafe is a great opportunity to connect with people you may not otherwise meet. This will be a fun, casual opportunity to expand your social circle and build new connections. Experience the benefits of improved mental well-being and strengthened community ties. Save the date for January 22nd from 3 to 4 pm at the Calvin Park Branch. Registration is required and can be completed at calendar.kfpl.ca event. That wraps up your headlines for this evening. Next up is Zayden Vergara with your Sports Desk.
2: Good evening, everyone. My name is Zayden Vergara, and it's time for your CFRC Sports Roundup. With a weekend on the horizon, you don't want to miss out on the Queen's University Golden Gales and your Kingston Frontenacs in action. Starting with men's hockey, your Gales will be hosting the Toronto Varsity Blues in an old four matchup at Memorial Centre starting at 7.30 p.m. this Friday on January 19th. The Gales have just snapped out of a four-game losing streak with a big win over the RMC Paladins last week and are looking to turn up the intensity with playoffs getting ever closer. CFRC will also be live broadcasting this matchup, so tune in at 7.20pm for a pregame show with myself and my co-host Jordan Dax. Also on Friday catcher Kingston Frontenac's hosting the Owen Sound attack at 7pm. The OHL East Division is almost as close as it gets, with the Frontenacs in fourth place with 41 points, only five points behind the first-place Brantford Bulldogs, who have 46 points. Each of the top four teams have 19 or 20 wins, and placement is almost completely dependent on overtime losses. With that being said, it is an electric time to attend a Frontenac's game. To buy tickets, please go to Ticketmaster.ca or purchase tickets at the ticket booth at the Leon Center. There's also a second Frontenac's matchup this weekend, hosting the Sagnaw Spirit. This match is on Sunday the 21st of January with a puck drop at 2 p.m. You don't want to miss out. Continuing with hockey, the women's hockey team is back in action in Kingston this weekend, hosting the York Lions twice, once on Saturday the 20th at 7.30 p.m. and once on the 21st at 2.30 p.m. Queens is currently third in the OUA East Division with 9-10 record, and York is fifth with a 5-13 record. Tickets can also be purchased at GoldGalesGo.com. The men's volleyball team is also hosting the York Lions this weekend on both Friday, January 19th at 8 p.m. and Saturday, January 20th at 8 p.m. The men's team are currently fourth overall with a record of 7-3. Finally, the women's volleyball team is hosting, you guessed it, the York Lions. Friday and Saturday with their matches starting at 6 p.m. both days. The women's team is currently ranked fourth in the OUA with a record of eight and two, right behind the third-place 12 Griffins, who are at nine and two. On that note, I've been Shane Vergara, and that's all for your CFRC sports action. Now over to Erica Singh with some campus news.
3: Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Erica Singh, and here is your campus news. In a relatively calm town hall meeting with students from the Faculty of Arts Artsci, Provost Matthew Evans and Donna Janik, the Vice-Principal of Finance and Administration, addressed concerns regarding the university's budget deficit and the future of the Faculty of Arts and Science. During the half-hour session in Mitchell Hall, Evans and Janik responded to questions but Barbara Crowe, the Dean of the Faculty of Arts Artsci, was not present to address specific inquiries directed towards her. Evans was questioned about reaching out to Artsci alumni for donations to alleviate the budgetary strain, and when asked about potential cuts in high-revenue FAS departments, he directed these questions to Crow. The decision to limit minimum course enrollment to 10 students in FAS starting in Fall 2024 was also mentioned by Evans, emphasizing that such decisions are made at the faculty level. Questions about the closure of admissions to arts and science online degrees and the hiring freeze were also deferred to Crow, and Evans stated that he hasn't received any exemption requests for the faculty hiring freeze. Evans shared that all faculties are making cuts, but assured students that everyone at the university will be able to complete their degree in full. International enrollment was highlighted at a significant project, with Evans hoping to inject more revenue after a drop in international enrollment. One strategy for international student recruitment might involve decreasing tuition to attract more students. Outer-province student enrollment is another top priority. And Evans mentioned that the Student Affairs Department is hosting outreach sessions across Canada. When asked about transparency, Evans cited various sources of information and meetings available to students, including the Board of Trustees, Senate, and the Gazette. AMS executives were notably absent from the meeting, and Evans expressed a desire for frank conversations with student representatives. Despite being portrayed as the villain in media articles about the university budget deficit, Evans stated that he doesn't really care to rebrand and emphasize the resilience of the university. John Janik echoed similar sentiments, assuring students that tough times are being navigated collectively and the university will persevere. In other news, increased snowfall and low temperatures have left Queen's students incredibly dissatisfied with the University and the City of Kingston's winter precautions. Sidewalks throughout the University are still covered in snow and ice even days after the initial snowstorm, which can be extremely dangerous. Kingston transit buses, which many students depend on to get to class, have been delayed by sometimes over an hour or have no seats or spaces to stand due to the extreme number of people packed into the buses. Students are calling for better handling of winter weather and more buses to be added on the road. That's all for me today, thank you so much. Now over to Chloe with the weather.
0: For your weather report this evening, we're expecting partly cloudy skies with a 60% chance of flurries early this evening. Winds will be 30km per hour gusting to 60, becoming light after midnight. We have a low of minus 12, wind chill near minus 18. For tomorrow, we're expecting to start off with mainly cloudy skies with a 60% chance of flurries late in the morning and in the afternoon. Winds will be up to 15km per hour, we have a high of minus 4, wind chill minus 16 in the morning and minus 6 in the afternoon. For tomorrow night, we are still expecting mainly cloudy skies with a 60% and shits of flurries early in the evening. Winds will be 20 km per hour after midnight. There will be a low of minus 10 and wind chill near minus eight in the evening and minus 18 overnight. Next up is your CFRC traffic report with Chloe Paris.
4: Next up is your weekly CFRC traffic report. Please note that the winter parking ban will be in effect as of January 1st, 2024. Motorists are advised that overnight on-street parking is not permitted during the months of January and February. Public Services and Procurement Canada (PSPC) wishes to advise motorists of an alternating lane closure on LaSalle Causeway for major rehabilitation from Wednesday, November 1, 2023 through Tuesday, April 30, 2024. During this period, one lane will be closed and one lane will remain open for alternating traffic. Motorists should expect short delays. Access will be maintained for pedestrians and cyclists. PSPC encourages users to exercise caution when traveling on the bridge and thanks them for their patience. Now onto road closures. University Avenue, Union to Earl will be closed until May 29th for the removal of debris from demolition and concrete deliveries at the Queen's John Dutch University Center project. Pedestrian Impact, Waban Crossing Bridge, mid-January, 2024. The city is performing some pipe maintenance on the underside of the Waban Crossing The maintenance is scheduled to take place on January 16th or January 17th, depending on the weather forecast. The work is expected to take less than one day's time. The work will not affect any vehicle traffic and will have minimal impact on pedestrians. The work will be performed from a bucket truck that will be parked on the Waban's multi-use pathway near the East Shore. There will be 1.5 meters of space around the truck to allow for pedestrians to safely pass the work zone. The work zone will have some fencing and a construction person to assist with the pedestrian access when needed. In other delays, Queen Street, Montreal to Sydenham expect an eastbound lane closure until April 1, 2024. Detours will be in place for the duration of the lane closure.
5: CFRC community concert and events calendar for January 15th to 21st. If you have an event you'd like covered on our website and news programming, contact cfrc.ca. On the 17th, come pet Oscar, our fluffy golden retriever, St. John Ambulance Therapy Dog, and meet his handler, John. Oscar will be at Mitchell Hall Wednesdays on the main floor from 12 to 1 p.m. No registration is required. Feel free to drop in at any point during the hour. On the 18th, Queen's Musical Theatre kicks off their rendition of The Prom, a new Broadway musical comedy. The show starts at 7.30pm at the Rotunda Theatre in Theological Hall. Tickets are $20 for adults and $17 for students and seniors. They can be purchased via Queen's Musical Theatre Instagram page. Moving on to the 19th, Ian Garner joins us at Robert Sutherland Hall for a discussion on his most recent book, Z-Generation, Into the Heart of Russia's Fascist Youth. This event is entirely free and takes place from 12 to 1 p.m. On January 20th, we have a free astrophysics talk and observatory tour. This event, starting at 7.30 p.m. at Ellis Hall, is free and open to all ages. Also on the 20th, from 1 to 3 p.m. at Yellow House, is Queen's BIPOC talk. This week's session will focus on acknowledging self-worth through jewelry making. Are you a trans, non-binary, genderqueer, fluid, or any other non-cisgender person who wants a safer place to swim and also meet other students and wider trans community members? Join us on the 21st at 2.30 p.m. for a solidarity swim at the Arc Pool. This event is free and open to the wider Kingston community. For more information and to register, visit gogalesgo.ca. And now moving into our concerts for the week. On the 17th, head over to Musiki Cafe and Whiskey Bar at 8 p.m. for their weekly live performance. This week, they have Frank Ryan, and the event is Pay What You Want by Donation to the Musicians. At the Creekside Bar and Grill, Christopher Jackson will be playing his weekly show from 7 to 9 p.m. This event is all ages and free of cost. Moving on to the 18th, Blue Martini will be hosting Royal Jam Open Mic Night starting at 9 p.m. Over at the RCHA Club, Michael K. Myers will be performing both covers and originals. Doors open at 7 p.m. with a $5 entry fee. Over at the mansion, we have numerous bands performing, including Paper Bag Princes, Carnelian, and Revst. Doors open at 8 p.m. with just a $5 entry fee. On the 19th, we have Kiwi Jr. performing with special guest Girl Dad at the Grad Club. Doors open at 7.30 p.m. with the concert starting at 8.30. Tickets are $30 and can be purchased online at eventbrite.ca. At the Mansion, Dupal will be performing his first headlining show with support from Hartman. Tickets are $10 and the show starts at 8 p.m. We'll have many live solo performances happening on the 19th, including Bruce McIlroy at the Royal Tavern, 4.30 p.m., the Garvin Brothers at the Toucan at 10 p.m., and Scott Owen at Creekside Bar and Grill at 6 p.m. All these performances are free of cost. On January 20th, the Embassy Live Music Cafe prevents Abby Stewart Band at 7pm. Also on the 20th, head over to the mansion to party with your favorite new and old pop punk and emo songs. The event starts at 8pm and admission is $5. On January 21st at 2.30pm, pianist Janina Fiolkowska will be performing at the Isabel Bader Center and tickets can be purchased at their website. There will be two karaoke nights on the 21st, one at the Royal Tavern at 8 p.m., and one at the Toucan at 10.30. Both events are free of charge. This has been Danielle with your concert and events calendar for January 15th to 21st. Wishing you all a fantastic week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's Local News Programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, be sure to head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next.